Hey, Bitch Talkers, this is episode 202 of the Bitch Talk Podcast. Today we have an interview with director Sophia Cruz from the film Little Stones that uh, screened at the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival, and we got to sit down with the inspiring young female director and talked about her film and what the future is for Little Stones. So enjoy our interview. Hey, Bitch Talkers, this is Erin and Angela. What's up? <laughs> We're here at the San Francisco Jewish Film Festival speaking with director Sophie Cruz about her film, Little Stones. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be here with you guys. Us too. Um, <laughs> first of all, I think you're wearing something maybe from... Is it? Is it is Anna? It is. Anna's yeah, I'm James. wearing Judith and James. Judith and James, yeah. yeah. That's very cute. It's thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We thought so. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, I on. know what that is. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no one else can see this except for us. Now that we us. got that out of the way. Yeah. Now, now that's <laughs> off. Um, this film has a lot of stories in it mm -hmm. and stories all around the world. Mm -hmm. How, when, where, and how did this happen? <laughs> yeah. It's a really involved documentary. Mm. So <laughs> I want our, our people to know how you even got a, got a chance to do this. Yeah. Well, it follows four women mm -hmm. in India, Brazil, Senegal, Kenya. We went to Germany, filmed in the U.S. So, um, But it really started for me with Shohini, who's an Indian dance therapist. Mm -hmm. And mm. Uh, I had a friend who came back from a Fulbright in India, and she told me about this incredible woman who was using dance to rehabilitate sex trafficking survivors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I had been a dancer from when I was two years old through graduating from college my friend knew that and so she told me about Shohini and it just it really resonated with me um, I was working for PBS at the time as a producer and was really wanting to do something about women's issues um, and the idea of dance being a way to help you get back into your body and learn mm -hmm. how to love your body again after mm -hmm. your body's taken from you through forced prostitution mm -hmm. um, it just you know it just made sense to me so that sort of started me on this journey of um, wondering what other art was being used in different ways to empower women and girls wow so so did yeah. you go out and film with her in India and then you found these other stories or were you filming all these stories at the same time just bouncing around yeah it, from the beginning it was uh, I wanted a cast of diverse characters in every sense of the word so diverse art forms from different locations working on different women's issues so we touch on um, extreme poverty domestic violence genital mutilation and sex trafficking um, and so you know from the beginning the plan was to follow all four of these women but uh, we we shot it piecemeal, and that was in part because of budget. So you know we were fundraising. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yes. I, I was going to ask, how mm -hmm. did you afford that? Yeah. How <laughs> yeah. did you go to all of these countries? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, of course, it's expensive to film all over the world, but mm -hmm. uh, it sort of worked to our advantage to be able to fundraise enough to go out and shoot in India for three weeks, and then mm -hmm. come back, and then we'd fundraise more, and then we'd go to Brazil and shoot for the World Cup for two weeks, and then we'd come back, and mm -hmm. so it was it, it was able to be sort of pieced together because it was shot in all these different places with these different stories wow so you found these women or did this some of them find you this this first story found you but mm. so with the in regards to the other three you you found them I found them yeah or? it was through research I was really curious um, I came across Penmela Castro's work so Penmela Castro mm -hmm. is a Brazilian graffiti artist and in the US you say graffiti I mean there's there's great graffiti in San Francisco but yeah I think, yeah uh, I was living in Michigan and graffiti to me was like sort of scribbles on walls there's right. a negative connotation there's, yeah totally. I was gonna say it's very totally. negative yeah, yeah um, 
but in Brazil, know. yeah, but in Brazil, it's just incredible murals that mm. are colorful. They can be a few stories high and like a city block long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I saw some photographs of Pan Malacastro's graffiti art and it was just, wow, you know, her, her art is so stunning and it catches your eye and it's um, all about domestic violence and she's a domestic violence survivor and mm. this is one of those issues that's you know so-called private or meant to be kept in the home mm-hmm. and behind closed doors so to literally put that onto the walls and the streets of her city as a form of protest um, again just made total sense to me and I wanted to learn more and reach out to her so well what's so crazy is when I was watching it and, and you introduced Panmela, I was looking at her art and I was like no way I've had been to Brazil in 2008 or something like that and I took so many pictures of the graffiti I have pictures of her art oh my god that oh. I saw <laughs> yeah because it's very specific right, her right. style look the way that she yeah. um, does like w- so it's women right she paints women's faces right. and their hair yeah these, like, the hair the spirals mm-hmm. and, and yeah. the flowing of the hair immediately I recognized you it, know it and I looked I looked up my foot my photos and I had some pictures of her art and what year in were Rio you there? in Sao Paulo yeah uh 2008 wow okay so that yeah. that's amazing because she started doing that sort of look right around that time it was two, she was she yeah. had her issue with her husband mm-hmm. in 2004 and that was before the Maria de Pena law was mm-hmm. passed and that mm-hmm. was this landmark legislation in Brazil that finally made domestic violence. Which really quickly is crazy because it just passed within the last few years, right? In the past decade. Right. 2006, that before 2006, Brazil did not have a law prohibiting domestic violence, which is like insane. Mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah, A little bit. Yeah. So, so this law was passed. Panmela didn't know about it in 2006 um, because most women didn't. It was within the legal community celebrated, but but the public had no idea. Yeah. So that's kind <laughs> yeah. of why Penmela started doing graffiti. She found out about it in 2008 and started to use her graffiti art, which was just starting to take off and get some recognition, probably when you saw it in it's, South Paulo. It's crazy. I freaked. I had like paused and I was like, wait, <laughs> I need to go find my hard drive and look up my pictures. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, that's so crazy, cool. I'd love to connection. see your images. I'll send them. Okay. Yeah. I'll send them to you. We should put them up on the website too. Yeah. yeah we should put them on. You really should talk. because the thing that you don't what I've learned and I you don't think about it with graffiti but it ages over time so what she did in 2008 is only really available on photos right now. and right. Yeah. The f- when we were filming with her it was um 2014 for the world cup uh-huh. and that even now the stuff that we shot I was just in Brazil um a year and a half ago and mm-hmm the stuff that she had just done when we were there in 2014 that was like bright and didn't have any you know pieces of paper on it or tape that had kind of destroyed the art all of them were sort of starting to decay already and Mm -hmm. fade and so it's just to me it's amazing to put that kind of love into your art Mm -hmm. only to have it a few years later that you know is temporary yeah Yeah. you know it's temporary Mm -hmm. yeah and then how did you find the other ladies just googling or um, I, well at that, so at that point there was Shohini and Panmela. Right. So I knew, you know, we had two really visual art forms. We had dance and we had graffiti. And so I was thinking music would be a really powerful mm-hmm. addition to the film. Um, so that led me to Sister Fa, yeah. who's a Senegalese hip hop star. And she, I really like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's pretty rad. She's, she's really badass. Yeah. She has dedicated her life to ending female genital mutilation. Right. Um, and child marriage, and she tours throughout West Africa, sort of raising awareness about those issues, uh, which are really taboo. So the cool thing Mm -hmm. about what she's doing is she's taking something that, like, nobody talks about, you're not supposed to talk about it, 
um, in these rural communities in West Africa. And she goes in, she puts up, she literally builds a stage in the middle of the town square and with lights and a huge sound system. And the whole community comes out to see her performance. Um, And while, you know, it's a really positive experience. So she's able to talk about some of these difficult issues that haven't really been discussed before. So uh, I just thought, you know, her work again was incredible. Her music is really cool. And it's dangerous what she's doing. Right. There's this, that other aspect Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, she's had incidences where people have dumped water on her, thrown stones, mm-hmm. come into her workshops, screaming, yelling. Right. Um, she's been physically hit. She's, I think a lot of it's the emotional trauma too of just, knowing that you're not welcome in a community that's and you're not really well protected you're sort of isolated from the main cities and from any sort of infrastructure so uh, she is Senegalese but she's still considered an outsider in a lot of the places where Mm -hmm. she goes Mm -hmm. because she hasn't really lived there in 10 years or so or more yeah it's been yeah over a decade now Um, she moved to Berlin she married a uh, I think he's an Austrian man named Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a daughter together who is this, you know, fiery, awesome. She's so a cutie. Five, six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Maybe seven now. Yeah, she's a beautiful girl. Yeah. Um, she's, like, as spunky as her mom. She's awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, for me, it was when I went to Berlin and we filmed with her and saw her life, um, it was that element of danger is sort of comes really in front of you when you're seeing her with her daughter and how much she loves her daughter mm-hmm. and if something happened to her you know this it's a real sacrifice that right. when she's going out in these communities and risking her life so right um yeah and it's at, we didn't put this in the film but it was interesting she was organizing um when we were in berlin outreach to deal with de- genital cutting in the african diaspora mm-hmm. so you think about you know the positive aspects of culture that immigrants bring with them which is like food and language and clothing Mm and Mm -hmm. um holidays and all of that but they also bring negative aspects of culture which in this case is genital cutting so Mm -hmm. she's started to um you know try and do outreach work to to make it not happen in germany and in london and other places Mm -hmm. i didn't even think about that yeah it's It's probably underground i'm from michigan from the detroit area and we have one of the largest um Arab populations outside of the Middle East in mm-hmm. Dearborn, Michigan. And just a few months ago, there was this huge case where two doctors in Dearborn were doing female genital mutilation to girls what? in Michigan. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, I d- that hadn't, when we were filming in Berlin, that hadn't happened yet. But mm-hmm. I remember talking to her and saying, I bet this is happening in the U.S. And it's, it's just, just all it, of it's happening in the U.S. Yeah, all that right. everyone faces. And, and that was another big message of the documentary is mm-hmm. like, that's the one universal thing that's going on in our, right. in our world that connects us all is that uh, this this outlook on women and, yep. and what, how cultures feel and, and act towards women. Yeah. It's universal. We're all in that struggle together, right? Yeah, yeah so true. Well, and then... Anna, I, w- I would love for you to talk about Anna. She's yeah. a saint, first of all. Yeah, I'm like, Saint Anna. <laughs> I want to meet her parents and just shake their hands. They should teach a course or something. Right. Yep. She's so... Well, she's I mean, definitely the empathy and the cut from the same cloth as her mom. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah. how did you find her? So I, at this point, those other three women were in the film when I was thrilled to be filming with them. But I knew that I wanted to have a strong economic component. So mm-hmm. it's when you think mm-hmm. about... Um, domestic violence you know 
it's really hard for a woman to leave an abusive situation if she doesn't have a way to support herself right. and her family. Right. No resources. Yeah. yeah. And you're much more at risk of rape and other forms of violence if you are poor and you live in vulnerable areas. So um, it was really important to me to have a strong economic story, but also this is a film about art. So we needed to have right. someone who I thought was a genuinely very talented artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking for that and I mm-hmm. uh, was introduced to Anna through um, the guy who started Kiva Lending. Have you heard of Kiva Lending? Mm-mm. No. They do micro loans to women yes, I have. in okay. the developing yes. world that um, I think it's women. It might be men and women, but um, people who want to buy a cow to start their right. own dairy business mm-hmm. or to get a sewing machine to start their own sewing business. So micro loans. But um, so I met him at an event and uh, he said, you know, I just met this fashion designer named Anna Taylor. She's about 22 years old and she's already showing at New York Fashion Week. Right. And she has this she's incredible yeah. business where she is teaching women in poverty in Nairobi, Kenya, how to sew and then using the proceeds from her business to fund this nonprofit tailor training program. Um, at 22. At 22. As you do. Exactly. I and I was like, all right, she sounds, <laughs> she sounds pretty cool. And then I looked at some of her stuff that was on the runway and it was um, really, you know, impressive work i mean i'm, I'm wearing one of her shirts right. so i yes. obviously it resonated but yeah. um yeah she uses like bright african prints but mm-hmm. in silhouettes that are really commercial and for her it's all about building her business and selling as much product as she can so that she can send the money right back to these women in kenya mm-hmm. um so yeah she's remarkable where she was you know really young and i i don't know if naive is <laughs> the right word but when i first started when i first met her it was um, wow, how did she, this girl, this girl did all that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now, you know, after having known her for, um, four years or so, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen her mature. I think that's such sort of a, a pivotal time in your life and you're very early much in so. mid twenties yeah. and she's just really grown into this incredible businesswoman. Oh, she's it's, just getting started. It's yeah. insane. And I love that you bring up, you know, Oh, you look so naive. How could you have done all this? And that's what I really, what really resonated for me about the documentary is it doesn't take this huge, I'm going to change the world in this one step. It doesn't take these Mm -hmm. huge ideas to make a real difference Mm -hmm. for her. I, I, if I remember correctly, she was her parents, uh, she lived in Africa with her parents Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she met these two kids that she wanted to send to school. So Mm -hmm. she started making necklaces in her dorm room Mm -hmm. and in a couple months she had enough money to send two kids to school. So it was just something simple. She's making necklaces and then then from there, you know, something grew from that and something grew from that. So it's it's not like these huge ideas that spawn these great movements. It's one small idea that grows into another and then the next, right? Well, thank you. That was that's what I was hoping that people would get out of the film that, you know, we're all not going to accomplish this on our own. But if we each do our part, Mm -hmm. we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really important message, especially, I think, in today's politics and the political world. And and I think everyone's kind of overwhelmed and, and don't know where to start. And I feel like films like yours. It's like, well, it was one idea that, you know, one of the women had and they just went with it. Mm-hmm. So very inspiring. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think about it all the time in today's political climate of just activism fatigue and mm-hmm. knowing what your core issues are, like and staying true to Well, I, I can't accomplish everything right now all right. at once, but I know that women's issues are something that I care really deeply about and am knowledgeable about. And so trying to at least do what I can for that is um, at least what I try and, you know, hold to 
keep centered and like all this craziness. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely comes across. And I think empathy, it's just mm-hmm. unfortunately in our society, it's like what happened to the empathy and the yeah. connectedness, right? And, and that's a huge message from this documentary. So Yeah, I think it's hard not to hear these individual stories of incredible perseverance and not have um, respect for what these women have gone through and have been able to accomplish. Yeah. I have a question about, um, there's a storyline about the women that are making a difference, but their personal lives. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you decide to feature that? Was that Mm -hmm. right off the bat, you're like, I want to talk about these things, or just kind of naturally progressed into this little storyline also? It was not from my initial pitch. It was from when you go out and you're spending weeks with these women Mm -hmm. every day, filming them and then you know before we were going out and filming with them just the conversations you have in development where you're um seeing the real struggle and the sacrifice that they've made Mm -hmm. to to accomplish what they believe is right is um I mean for one I think it's really inspiring it was inspiring for me to see you know sister fa has so much to lose and yet she's still going out and going on tour and doing her music Mm -hmm. and these communities that don't necessarily want her there um and then for Anna to be so young and Mm -hmm. to spend most of her you know high school college and early 20s in Nairobi with very few peers her age or similar interests it's a it's a huge sacrifice so um it was just really obvious I think once we spent a little time with them that yeah this is this is important. This is the side of activism that doesn't get talked about, mm-hmm. but is what causes burnout and what makes it, you know, hard for people to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Yeah. I really appreciated that storyline because mm-hmm. you always see strong women doing all these things, but you don't see what is going yeah. on in the background. And it, it just, They're there's humans. a connection the there. The human yeah. side. Right. Yeah. 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 The human side of making a difference in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Well, yeah. and the critics, right? Sister Fa. Yes. The, the yeah. critics yeah. that are like, yes, you can't just come here for one day and change right you know and, and not looking at the bigger picture of things and mm-hmm. yeah it's not all yay look I'm a martyr I'm mm-hmm. great it's it's not I mean probably most of the time it's not it's a struggle right regardless yeah and everyone you know for Sister Fa it's interesting it's the there's a lot of people that are trying to end genital cutting and have been working on this issue for a long time but there have been studies that have been put out that the needle really hasn't moved on the issue for decades so mm-hmm. To me, it's like, wow, you know, I, I can respect that people have negative opinions about her work or think that she's not going to be able to change people's minds on this in a day. I think there's definitely some truth to that. Um, but to say that you have all the answers is also sort of, you know, I don't think you've solved it either. So right. To if me, we're all working towards a common goal, totally. we should be in it together. And right? that's how Sister Fa sees it, too. It's that there's room for all of us in this and that we're, you know, only going to get closer to moving the needle if we're all working on it. Um, hopefully together in partnership, but mm. no. Yeah. Um, since you come from a PBS background and I, I felt like there are, there's probably more stories than you even could add into yeah. this film. Mm-hmm. Do you th- even see this being an episodic at all or could it be, or is that the wow. next? What a question. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, that's actually really funny. So, uh, not officially, but yes, we are looking into spinning this out into a TV series and, um, I have met and heard of a lot of women who are doing incredible work. So um, not necessarily focusing on the same women as this feature, but Mm -hmm. there are absolutely more stories. And I'm not done with the subject matter as a filmmaker. And 
Um, so yeah, very interested in exploring, spinning it out into a TV series. What's pushing you right now to want to do that? Um, I think mostly just that there's more stories and different art forms and issues to explore. I mean, mm -hmm. we were able to touch on four very distinct art forms and kind of go into the weeds a bit on four issues. But for example, um, I think of Stephanie Sinclair, who's this incredible National Geographic photographer who has for over a decade now worked with the subject matter of child marriage and mm -hmm. doing photography in Afghanistan and India and all over the world. Um, and her work is incredible. So being able to get a window into, you know, what she's capturing with her lens and how she finds her stories and tells these issues and also deals with the emotional struggle, I'm sure, of meeting so many young girls who are married when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, we didn't really get to ch touch on child marriage in this feature, but it's a, it's a huge issue. It was very obvious in many of the communities that we were filming in. Um, mm -hmm. So when I say I'm not done with the subject matter, it's once you start, you start learning more and more about all the other stuff that right. you're not mm -hmm. able to cover in one feature. So right. it's, it, um, yeah, I think I, I just want to keep, you know, keep shining a light on this stuff and keep also raising up people who are doing incredible work and who should be in the spotlight more. Good. Do you have any other questions? Great. No, I, I would just say, you know, for somebody that's walking out of the film really inspired and, and moved by it, what, what would be your hope? What would be the next step? What would be your advice to them? Like if you join the movement, be, be mm -hmm. part of. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking that. So we um, partnered with the University of Michigan School of Education and we've created lesson plans and discussion guides. Mm -hmm. So high school teachers and university professors um, should head to our website the first week in September when all of that stuff is available for wow, free download. that's great. Yeah. Um, and we have some samples today at Art Attack SF. So if you guys stop by, you can flip through some of the educational materials that we've made. But um, yeah, we're also creating a take action resource guide, which is um, going to be sort of a decision tree on our website. So if you say, okay, I want to volunteer or I'm an artist or I run a women's shelter and I'm looking for a dance therapist. Um, we're not necessarily creating a directory of all the dance therapists because that already exists. The American Dance Therapy Association hmm. has created it. So it'll be sort of a directory of those types of resources where you can um, donate, volunteer, and, and do that sort wow, of stuff. Wow, that's great. And that's all on littlestones.com? Yeah, littlestones.org. Uh, .org, okay. Yep. Great. And join our mailing list. That's the number one way to just stay updated because we keep adding stuff. It's, it's mm. kind of a grassroots snowball. <laughs> I was going to say you're creating a community. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. We're trying. We really are. So littlestones.org, join our mailing list. Good for, great. Good for you, yeah. Sophie Cruz. Thank, thank you. you. So much, thank you so much for <laughs> your you work for and, your, and for your passion. It, it shows through yeah. the film. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> hey, that was Sophia Cruz, director of Little Stones. Hopefully it'll come to a theater near you or maybe a Netflix or Hulu or, you know, Vimeo, maybe you can find it. Um, but definitely go to littlestones.org and find out more about what she's doing um, in the world, uh, which is fantastic. So um, thanks for listening. And we look forward to you guys hearing our interview on Thursday on episode 203 with Corin Rivera, who we talked to last week. Um, and she was on the other side of the world when we got to talk to her. So stay tuned and uh, look for that on Thursday. See you later.